Bill Beverly, The Red House, Woodham. Find myself just ten miles from Red House. Stop. Intend gate crash your house party tomorrow. Stop. Must meet eccentric host of yours. Stop. Say nothing as people so much more interesting when unprepared. Stop. I mean to liven things up. Stop. Anthony. Have to scrub the rice off the saucepan. Is Mr. Mallet down yet? Oh, I don't think so. Well, I leave his toast then. He does like it just so. Yeah, I'll be glad when all these people go home and it's just him and Mr. Cayley for breakfast again. Oh, less of the him, please. Leave that to soak and take the eggs and the kidneys in. What are you having, Cayley? Nothing for me at the moment, thank you. Oh, Kedry looks a bit suspect. I think I might try the sausages. Oh, they look very good, Ruth. Do they, Bill? Then I shall have three. Is Mark in a brighter mood this morning? I certainly hope so. Oh, I'm sure Mark will be bursting with goodwill and bonhomie. I was afraid my little joke had cast a pall over the party. Do you think Mark's forgiven me? I'm sure he hasn't thought anything more about it. Well, at least we'll be out of his hair for most of the day. Are you joining us for a game, Cayley? Um, I don't think golf's Philip's thing, is it? Not really. And I can't imagine Mark in plus four swinging a Do golf club. Do my name being taken in vain? We were just talking about golf. Damn silly game, if you ask me. Still, we like it, don't we, Bill? Rather. Your toast, sir. Thank you. Oh, and the post spin. Yes, you sleep in there. Thank you. We'll eat up, everyone. You don't have to wait for me. Is this seat taken? It would seem not. Uh, I'm, I'm only going as far as Woodham. Do you know it at all? Yes. You don't happen to know anything of the Red House? As a matter of fact, I do. Oh, jolly good. No, but I make it a rule never to gossip to strange gentlemen on trains. Yeah, quite right, too. You never know who I might be. I must say, I've never been a great one for the theatre. But now you've met a proper actress. Damn silly occupation. Thank you, Mark. Oh, come along, Ruth. All that dressing up and pretending. Don't you find it tiresome sometimes? Do you find it tiresome sitting at a desk and making up stories? Perhaps I don't take my writing as seriously as you take your acting. Perhaps you should. It's going to be another damned hot day, I think. Yes, we've been very lucky this summer. Yes. Need a bit of rain now, I suppose. Lawn is looking a little blurred. Oh, God. I'm sorry. What is it, Mark? It's rather a surprise. This letter. Who do you think it's from, Kay? I'm afraid I've no idea. Robert. Robert? Mm. What on earth does he want? Or can I guess? No, not money. Not this time. He's coming here. Today. I thought Robert was in Australia or somewhere. So did I. You got any brothers, Beverly? No. Well, take my advice. Don't have any. Well, not likely to now. <laughs> I didn't know you had a brother, Mark. You haven't seen him for 15 years, has it, Kay? Mm, something like that. If you're back in time, you'll meet him this afternoon. He'll probably ask you to lend him five pounds, don't. Personally, I think relations are a great mistake. Well, Kay would agree with you there. 
His own brother came to no good. I'd rather we didn't talk about Matthew. Well, uh, I'd better root out my clubs if we're leaving at 10.30. else on the course, Bill. Still, better to be safe. I don't feel very safe around Mark at the moment. No, he's all right. I think I might leave tomorrow. You can't. But I can. Don't you want to be left alone with him? It's not that. Oh, Bill, you're so sweet. <laughs> I won't be alone anyway. There'll be another guest. You mean his brother? No, someone else. Mark didn't say. No, he doesn't know yet. A friend of mine, Tony Gillingham. A bit of a rum character, but the best sort. And Mark doesn't know. He'll be furious. I'm afraid so. How exciting. Mm. And I think Tony would agree with you. <laughs> Unfortunately. Hello. Uh, I want to see Mr. Mark Ablett. Oh, yes, sir. He is expecting you if you come this way. Oh. You know who I am? Mr. Robert? That's right, the uh, long-lost colonial. <laughs> do you think my brother will be glad to see me? Uh, if you'd like to wait in here, sir. Well, so what do you call this place? The office, sir. Office? The room where the master works, sir. Works? <laughs> That's new. Didn't know he'd ever done a stroke of work in his life. I I'll tell the master you're here, sir. You do that, young lady. You do that. He's so rough looking. Not like Mr. Mark. That will be all those years in Australia. Well, I never said they were brothers. Not your business to say anything. Uh, Mr. Stevens. Oh, Mr. Cady, sir. I'll take him to you. I don't think Mr. Ablett wants to be disturbed. Oh, you found Mr. Ablett, did you, sir? In the summer house. Not in the best of tempers. You'll be wanting the milk jug, sir. Thank you. Polish, brush, dust. Yes, Mrs. Stevens. No, Mrs. Stevens. I'd like to see you get off your backside, Mrs. Stevens. And I decided it was time to visit my beloved brother. So I got on the boat at Sydney and worked my passage. Shoveling coal, serving tables. Work like you never know. <laughs> work? I could tell you about work. Yes, it's my turn now. You wait. Mark, open this door. I say, open this door. Uh, hello, can I help? Who the devil are you? Um, I heard you shouting, and as the door was open... But something's happened. It's a shot. It sounded like a shot. Good Lord. A loud bang. I don't know what it was. The door's locked. Mark! Open the door! I'll have to break it open. Uh, can you help? Is there a window? Window? It's so much easier to break in a window. Yes, yes, of course. We'll have to go around to the French window at the back. Lead away. Damn. They're locked. Can you see anything? Oh, my God. Down there by the desk. Who is it? I'm not sure. Well, if we uh, put our weight into it, the uh, French window should give. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, thank God. It's Robert Ablett. 
I thought his name was Mark. This is Mark's house. Robert's his brother. Oh. Was his brother. I was so afraid it was Mark. Was he in the room as well? Yes. Good God, he could have shot us too. That doesn't seem to be here now. Look, I'm sorry, but I don't actually know who you are. My name's Anthony Gillingham. I came to see Bill Beverly. He's an old friend of mine. Bill! Bill's a good chap. I'm Philip Cayley, Mark's secretary and General Dog's body, really. I tidy up after him. <laughs> um, look, there, there, there's a small uh, dressing room through there. I'll, uh, I'll get some water, shall I? Yeah. And wipe the blood off his face. Yes, uh, good idea. Sorry, not being much help. It's a while since I've seen a dead body. I'll uh, get the water. Uh, what if Mark's hiding in there? It seems likely. If I can deal with Mark... Do you mind staying with the body? No. Poor devil. Water's not going to do you much good now. Oh, Mrs. Stevens, oh, don't leave me, please. Don't be silly. Are you sure it was a gunshot? Oh, of course I'm sure. I was right outside the door. Mr. Mark, he says, it's my turn now. And then bang! Did you know him well? Hardly at all. Oh, we, we were cousins, but Mark's the one I know best. It's complicated. Shall I cover his face? Yes, perhaps you should. If I can be of any help to you, please let me. Thank you. There'll be things to do, of course. Guests to look after. Bill's out playing golf. He'll be back directly. They'll both be back wanting their tea. Both? The other guest's Ruth Norris, the actress. You may have heard of her. I, I don't think so. Oh. Perhaps you should ring the police now. The police? A man's been shot and, uh, well, somebody shot him. He might have shot himself. But I thought you said that Mark Ablett was in the room with him and he's not here now. The window in the dressing room's open. He must have climbed out there. Ah, that must be it then. Hmm. But whatever happened, the police have to be told. Yes. I suppose so. Now, Mr. Gillingham, I understand you and Mr. Cayley found the body together. Yes. Don't know how I'd have managed without him. If you wouldn't mind sitting in then while I ask Mr. Cayley some questions, perhaps you can add any details you can think of. I'll do my best, Inspector. We'll start with a dead man, Robert Ablett, didn't you say? Yes. Brother of Mark Ablett. Mark lives here. Was his brother staying in the house? Oh, no. Robert went to live in Australia years ago. There was some trouble. Did Mark Ablett ever talk about him? Oh, hardly ever. He was very ashamed of Robert. He was very glad he was in Australia. But his brother wrote to him? Occasionally. Perhaps three or four times in the past five years. Usually asking for money. And did Mr. Ablett send money? Never. Wasn't that a bit hard? Robert spent his whole life asking for money. And he might have resented a refusal. I suppose so. But that gives Robert Ablett a motive rather than Mark. Quite so. I had realised that. Of course, Inspector. I'm sorry. Now, the letter Mr Ablett received this morning, did either of you see it? Mark showed it to me. I was much later on the scene. You're not a guest here. Oh, no. But you're a friend of Mr Ablett's. Never met the man. A friend of yours, Mr Cayley? I don't know Mr Gillingham at all. But I am very grateful, sir. Then might I ask what you're doing here, sir? Drop by to visit one of the guests, uh, Bill Beverley. And you just happened to walk in on a murder? Yes. 
Always happening to me. You walk in on a lot of murders, do you, sir? Not murder, perhaps, but uh, I do find myself in some uh, interesting situations. Do you really? Afraid so. Perhaps we could discuss that later, sir. If we could get back to this letter. Do you know where it is now, Mr. Cayley? In Mark's pocket, I expect. Can you remember what it said? Uh, something like, uh, Mark, your loving brother is coming all the way from Australia to see you tomorrow. Lay on the fatted calf. Expect me at 12 or thereabouts. And what was Mark's reaction to the news? He wasn't afraid of violence or blackmail or anything of that sort? He didn't seem to be. I see. Where were you when Robert arrived? I was in the library. I fetched Mark. He was in the summer house, and then I went back to the library, left them to it. How long before you heard the shot? About two minutes, no more. I ran to the office door, and you know the rest. What's your theory about all this, Mr. Cayley? Well, I'm not sure. I can only speak as Mark's friend, you understand? Of course. Then I should say Robert came here meaning trouble, bringing a revolver with him. He produced it almost at once. Mark tried to get it away from him. There was a struggle, perhaps, and it went off. Mark lost his head, finding himself there with a revolver in his hand and a dead man at his feet. His one idea was to escape. He locked the door and went out of the dressing room window. That sounds reasonable enough. It's the most logical explanation. Yes, thank you, sir. I had come to that conclusion. And you were approaching the house at this time? Uh, yes, uh, on my way up the drive. Did you hear the shot? I think I did, just as I came inside of the house. It didn't make any impression then, but I remember it now. No one left the house by the front door? It was standing open, but nobody came out. You're certain of that? Absolutely. I'm afraid I can't solve Mark Ablett's disappearance for you. You can leave that job to the police, sir. Ah, the uh, gopher's return. Ah, Tony, you old devil! I didn't think you'd be here yet. Hello, Bill. Oh, don't tell me you're the mysterious brother from Australia. I wouldn't put it past you. You'd better come inside. What's wrong? Yes, Tony, what is it? You look as if someone's died. Oh, it's such an awful business. I can't believe it. An awful shame you have to go, Ruth. It's probably best. Philip's right. I'd only be in the way here. Goodbye, Mr. Gillingham. Goodbye, Miss Norris. Bye, Ruth. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. I'll see you in London. Bye. Well, Bill, I approve. I don't know what you mean. Oh, come off it. Now, she is rather a peach, isn't she? <laughs> Pity she has to go, but I suppose Cayley's right. She's best out of it. You seem very eager to get rid of her. Yes, well, there was an incident last week. Caused some bad feeling. It seems very trivial now. This is so incredible, Tony. A man dead and Mark on the run. Will you come for a walk, Bill? Away from the house. Well, this is a rum show. Very wrong, Bill. And you walked right into it. Inspector Birch thinks I did more than that. He's convinced I have blood on my hands. Surely not. I'd make a bet. He's on the telephone now, making inquiries about me. Oh, well, that's all right, then. Once he knows you're absolutely above board. Tony? What do you make of Cayley? 
steady chap. He'd be a good rugger player with that build. Something about him bothers you? Exactly, Bill. I knew you'd be invaluable. <laughs> Thanks. Well? When we ran round to the French windows, Cayley took me the long way round. How do you mean? Didn't think about it at the time, but it struck me when I left the study. It would have been quicker to go to the left, but we went to the right. I thought there might have been some obstruction if you go the other way, but I had a look just now and there's nothing. I don't entirely get your point. Why did we go the longest way around? Well, uh, perhaps he wanted to give Mark more time to escape. That was my first thought, but how did Cayley know it was Mark who was trying to escape? It was much more likely Robert shot Mark. In fact, that's what he must have thought. He said when he turned the body over, I was so afraid it was Mark. But that's absurd. Why would he want to give Robert more time to escape? Exactly. Talk with the devil. Not interrupting, am I? Not a bit, Kelly. I just came to say they've rather lost their head in the kitchen. Dinner won't be till half past eight. Do just as you like about dressing, of course. Thanks. Well. Has the inspector gone? Yes. He's getting a warrant for Mark's arrest. Oh, bad luck. Well, he was bound to do that, wasn't he? It doesn't follow that, uh, well, it, it doesn't mean anything. They naturally want to get hold of your cousin, innocent or guilty. Which do you think he is, Mr. Gilligan? Mark, guilty? It's absurd. Bill's loyal, you see. But you don't owe loyalty to anyone concerned. That's true enough. So? I might be too frank. I want you to be frank. I'm prejudiced where Mark's concerned, so I want to know how my suggestion strikes you. Your suggestion? That if Mark killed his brother, it was purely accidental. The suggestion you made to the inspector. Robert did the hold-up business, there was a struggle, and the revolver went off. Mark lost his head and bolted. Well, that seems all right. The most natural explanation. I suppose it is. But you don't think that's what happened? No. What then? I wish I knew. Poor Cayley. He's in a bad way. Yes. Tell me about Mark, Bill. Well, I believe he had a fairly wild time of it when he was young, despite the fact his father was a vicar. Not two pennies to rub together. Where does the money come from, then? Mark attracted the notice of a rich old spinster. And don't ask me why or how, except he can charm when he wants to. Just doesn't want to very often. Anyway, she paid for his education and gave him an allowance, just enough to let him write. Though no one's ever discovered what he wrote, except letters asking for more time to pay. Not unlike his brother. Quite. Must be in the blood somewhere. And then the spinster died, leaving him a tidy sum. And what was his brother doing all this time? I believe there was considerable bad feeling. And how does Cayley fit into all this? He's a cousin or something, isn't he? Yes, yes, there were two brothers. Philip and, uh... I can't remember his name. No, Matthew, that's it. Mark chose Philip. And sent him to school, Cambridge. Do unto others as was done unto you. I suppose that was it. No, you don't. It seems wrong to speak badly of your host. Oh, please do. I'm counting on it. Well, I think Mark probably felt a suitably educated, grateful and obligated Philip Cayley was a useful servant for a man in his position, always there to do his bidding. That's very cold, calculating. Mm. Mark can be. Vicious, almost. Why the vehemence, Bill? You asked my opinion. There's more, isn't there? Is this uh, something to do with Miss Norris? 
He was very unpleasant to Ruth. Oh, all's clear. Now, look here, Tony. I can only take a certain amount of teasing. I'm sorry, old man. I just can't imagine anyone being unpleasant to Miss Norris. Tell all. Now, it's absurd, really. Just a silly practical joke. There's supposed to be a ghost attached to the house. Lady Anne Patton. Ever heard of her? Never. Haunts the bit of park down by the pond near the bowling green. It was a dinner one day last week. The fearsome Mrs. Norbury and her daughter were over. They have a cottage in the village. Mm. Mark was going on and on about this apparition. He said he didn't believe in ghosts, but he somehow seemed to want us to. Rum, chap. And, uh... Threw herself into the it had been quite amiable till then. Mark knows how to entertain. <laughs> I'm afraid I think ghosts are a lot of nonsense. Oh, oh. come off it, Mum. You're always seeing things in the garden. I most certainly <laughs> am not. I played in a haunted theatre once, and I really felt there was some presence there. Perhaps it was the audience. Seriously, Mark. There was a real feeling of evil about the place. The theatricals are awfully suggestible, though. <laughs> are we? I didn't know that. Oh. What, what do you think, Amy? Oh, I believe what I see. Very much else. Oh, but you're so down to earth, Philip. Is that a good or a bad thing, Angela? Oh, a, a good thing. Terribly good. <laughs> and you say this haunting female appears at midnight, Mark? Only when there's a full moon. <laughs> Which there is. Tonight. Oh. What say we go ghost hunting? Oh, how exciting! I'll do less. So, it was arranged we'd go to the pond that night and see what developed. Mark was poo-pooing the whole thing, of course, but he came along. And then Ruth cried off at the last moment and said she had a headache. I'll have an early night. Don't let it spoil your expedition, please. I have to say, it was quite eerie out by the pond, with a 40-acre wood on one side and the grass stretching away on the other, misty and glowing. Ah! What was that? A frog, I expect. Oh. <laughs> but no ghost. Perhaps Lady Patton has better things to do. <laughs> Quiet! I can hear something. Nonsense. Look! Over there! Oh. Good God. Oh. Across the bowling green came this apparition, rising out of nowhere. It was uncanny. Kaylee, do something. It seemed to float through the mist. Oh, it's all right, darling. Mother's here. Kaylee, for God's sake! It's all right, Mark. I think our spirit's made of flesh and blood. What, Ruth? I thought you had a headache. Oh, you spoiled sport. I was just getting into the part. That, that juvenile behaviour might go down well with your theatrical friends, but it's not acceptable... You should have seen Mark's face. He looked positively murderous. I didn't say another word, just stalked off home. And of course, he'd been made to look a fool, and a frightened fool, in front of Angela Norbury. That was important. I should say. He's got his eye on her. Uh, we had a sticky couple of days, I can tell you. But he seemed to calm down, and, and now this. Doesn't seem possible. Bill, are you prepared to be the complete Watson? Watson? Holmes's right arm. Are you prepared to have quite obvious things explained to you? To make brilliant discoveries of your own two or three days after I've made them myself? Because it would help immensely. My dear Tony, I'd be delighted. 
I perceive from the red stain on your shirt front that you had uh, 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 strawberries for, for dinner. <laughs> Holmes, you astonish me. Tut, tut, you know my methods. Where's the tobacco? Uh, the, the tobacco's in the, 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 um, the, the Persian... Um, uh, um, uh, have you deduced anything yet? Simply that Robert Ablett died in the office this morning and Inspector Birch thinks I have a hand in it. You don't mind me asking you a few more questions, Mr. Beverly? Do I have a choice? You invited Mr. Gillingham to stay. Uh, no, no, it's not my house. He invited himself, really. I see. Now, you can't think he had anything to do with this business. It's too absurd. How long have you known him? Years. Well, four or five. You met in the army? <laughs> Good God, no. Can't imagine a man more unsuited to the military life than Tony. He wouldn't fight for his country. Uh, I didn't mean that. It's the discipline. Tony couldn't abide someone telling him what to do. And if they tried? Look, if you're trying to get me to say something against him, I won't. Is there something to be said against him? I'm not standing for this. Stay where you are, Mr. Beverly. This is a very serious matter. A man's been killed. Your friend arrives on the scene just after the shots fired without a very convincing explanation for his presence. I told you he was invited. No, you told me just the opposite. Inspector, all you have to do is ring round. Ask people about him. They'll tell you he's absolutely reliable. I've already made some inquiries about Mr. Gillingham. Ah, well there you are then. It didn't put my mind at rest. What you're doing with that knife? Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Stevens. It's just the shaking. If you can't be useful here, go and get some apples from the store. I'm not going out there alone. It's getting dark. Oh, nonsense. Get on, or your mother will hear about it. Could Mr. Gillingham have met Robert Ablett before yesterday? Of course not. Well, I, I suppose he could. No, I couldn't swear that he didn't. Has he ever visited Australia? Ah. He. He did say once he'd spent some time there, years ago. Oh. But he's been to lots of different countries. Now look, Inspector, Tony's a good man. If I tell you he had nothing to do with Robert Ablett's murder, you can believe me. I wish it was that easy, sir. I really do. Your mother will hear about it. It's all right for her. Let's go get some apples. She doesn't have to... Who's there? Watching me. Calm down now and tell me what you saw. His eyes. Mad. They were mad. He would have killed me. But he didn't. I never gave him the chance. You told my constable you were rooted to the spot. I was. For a second. Sort of frozen. Then I ran. Well, we're searching the place thoroughly. If he's still here, we'll find him. I hear there's been a bit of excitement. We've got everything under control. It was Mr. Mark, sir. He was up by the Apple store. I thought I was going to die, I can tell you, sir. Those eyes, mad they were. What did he do? Well, nothing as such. But he breathed really heavily, you know. Thank you, Elsie. That'll be all for the present. Sir? Uh, Elsie, uh, how did you know it was Mark Ablett? Well, who else could it have been? Who else, indeed?
Ow! My game. Well done, Bill. Never seen you hit the ball so hard. Nah, just pretending it's Inspector Birch. Yes, the inspector seems determined to put a pair of handcuffs on me. Should take a rest. Rather, I'm not used to exercise before breakfast. It's good for you, it means he can't be overheard. Like Haley, you mean? You think he's involved? I don't know what I think yet. If only we knew where the devil Mark was. Yes. Where's Mark? That is the question. A question that kept me awake most of last night. Any answer? Possibly. What do you mean it, Tony? If Elsie really stumbled on him, he must have been here all the time, hiding. But the police searched the whole place. He's probably miles away. Possibly. You don't think so? With no money, no change of clothes, no friends he can rely on, as far as I can tell, and the police watching every station and port, he should have been picked up by now. Well, what's the answer, then? Fancy a game of bowls. Bowls? Now? It's just an idea I've got. About your ghost on the bowling green. You've lost me, Holmes. How did Ruth appear so suddenly? I don't know. How do ghosts appear? But we're not talking about a ghost. We're talking about a very real human being who materialises in the middle of four or five hundred yards of open park. Oh, I never thought of that. Where was she hiding herself? There must be a shed. For all the bowling equipment and such. Oh, but we left Ruth at the house, and I swear she didn't follow us. She'd have to go past us to reach the shed. We'd have seen her in the moonlight. Still, I'd like to investigate this shed. Do you feel up to it before breakfast? Rather. Once we get inside of it, keep your voice down. Haley's been watching our game from the house, and I fancy he'll follow us. But we'll spot him. Not if he comes the way I think he will. There you are, Tony. Bowls, roller, tools, croquet box. Nothing mysterious. And Ruth would have had to come right past us to get here. Yes, you're right. Now, my idea's a washout. Uh, let's go outside. I, I could do with the smoke. Still a bit of a mystery. Keep talking, Bill. Sorry. Chat away in your normal loquacious manner. I'm just going to slip around the back and take a look through the little window. But, uh... No. Oh, right. Well, um... Well, I'm sorry, Tony, but I think you're quite wrong about Cayley. Yes, good man. No, Tony, don't say anything until I finish. No, all, all right, old boy. Now, I know Cayley couldn't be involved in whatever Mark was up to. And do you know why? No, no, don't answer that. It was a... Uh, what's the word? A uh, rhetorical question. Now, Kaylee. Yes, yes. Are you I going to make a fool of me? And I'm sure it was an accident because I'm a good judge of character. Yes. At school, I, thought I so. saved a chap from being rusticated because I was a good judge of character. Some money went missing, and and this chap was accused of theft. So I went to the beak and I said, "Look here." You can't do this. Smith's innocent. Smith? Can't you do better than Smith? I couldn't think of anything else on the spur of the moment. No need to whisper. Cayley's gone. He couldn't have been here. I'd have seen him. No, you wouldn't, unless you can see through solid pine. He can't have been in the shed. We just looked in there. He was under it. And just as you got to the climax of your very entertaining story, out of the croquet box came Philip Cayley's head, like a wonderful new kind of ball, straining to hear every word. Good God. You're still not quite with me, are you? Not quite. A secret passage? No. My guess is it runs from the house straight to the shed. But that's fantastic. Uh, not uncommon in these ancient houses. Escape routes for Catholic priests. I imagine Mark put up the shed over the exit point to disguise it, his own little secret. But what made you think of it? I was racking my brains most of last night trying to work it out. If Mark hadn't escaped, he must still be here. But where? Where could he hide and not be found? Then I thought about your ghost. How did she get onto the green without anyone seeing her? 
A secret passage was the only answer to both problems. You think Mark's hiding in the passage? Mm, I'm sure of it. Now, we'd better be getting back. No, aren't we going to look for him now? Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I think we'll see Cayley coming along this way directly. Besides, I want to get into it from the other end. I'm pretty sure Cayley will have bolted the box from the inside and we don't want to break in. But does this mean Ruth is in on all this in some way? Now, don't worry, old boy. I'm sure she's completely innocent. She's been coming here a long time, hasn't she? Uh, since she was quite young, yes. Mark probably told her about the passage years ago and then forgot he had. It explains why Cayley was so eager to hurry her away. He didn't want her to draw attention to it once he decided to make it part oh. of the plan. Tennis first, then bowls, and all before breakfast. Good for the digestion. You know, you two put me to shame. I just came along to say Mrs. Stevens was rather mortified at leaving you without dinner last night. So she's pulled out all the stops this morning. If you can manage to do her proud. I'm sure we can. Appetite like a horse. Good. I'll walk back with you, if I may. Any word of Mark? No. The inspector wants to drag the lake this afternoon. There's a lake? The pond. Mark liked to call it a lake. Is it deep? And deep enough. What do they expect to find? They think Mark... Well, may have drowned himself, knowing he couldn't get away. Yes. After Elsie discovered him, they think he could have panicked. Despair, you know. I'd have thought he'd give himself more of a run for his money. After all, he had a revolver. If he was determined not to be taken alive, he could always have prevented it. Still, you never know what a man will do when he's up against it. Sergeant, make sure that area is completely sealed off and get the nets into the boats. Good afternoon, Inspector. Mr. Gillingham, Mr. Beverly, what can I do for you both? Oh, we're uh, just boning up on police procedure. Don't know much about it. Really, sir? Now, look here, Inspector. You all look very busy. It's no easy task dragging any stretch of water. Well, I wish you luck. I don't think you'll find much. I'd have thought it's rather out of the way here for someone running away from the house. As a matter of fact, I'm inclined to agree. Said as much to Mr. Cayley when he mentioned the pond. Still won't do any other look. It's often the unexpected that turns up trumps in this sort of case. I'm sure you're right, Inspector. Isn't uh, that Cayley over there? He's given us a hand. Knows the lie of the land, or water, I should say. Well, I'd better go and make sure no one falls in. You'll excuse me, gentlemen? Of course, Inspector. We're in luck, Tony. Looks like Cayley will be occupied all afternoon. We can go and try and find that passage. Yes. What on earth's the matter? I don't know. It's too devilish, what I keep thinking. He can't be as cold-blooded as that. Who? I hope they find something. In the pond? Yes. I say, Tony, this won't do. You really mustn't be so damn mysterious. What's wrong? Didn't you hear what he said? Birch seemed quite civil for once. He said it was Cayley's idea to drag the pond. You mean Cayley's hidden something there, some false clue he wants the police to find? I hope so, but I'm afraid... Afraid of what? That he hasn't hidden anything there at all. No, you've lost me again. Where's the safest place to hide something important? Somewhere no one will look, I suppose. There's a better place than that. Tony, please. Somewhere everybody has already looked. You mean as soon as the pond's been dragged, Cayley will hide something in there? I think he'll wait till this evening. He'll do it after dark. But what's he going to hide? You'll see tonight, because we'll be there. Really? We'd better get back to the house while Cayley's busy here. We have a passage to find. Oh, there, Tony! Mrs. Stevens got the afternoon off, and I've sent Elsie into the village to get my favourite pipe tobacco. Surprised you're not wearing a balaclava. Oh, come on, Tony. You're a bit excited. Admit it. 
I would be if I wasn't afraid of what we might find. Oh, Mark won't do us any harm. We'll know the game's up and come quietly. Now, where do we start looking for this passage? Well, we haven't got time to look in every room, so we'll have to use our brains. Right. It won't be upstairs. Uh, obviously not. And logically, it'll be on this side of the house. No reason to make the passage longer than it has to be. Right. What about the office? Yeah, the walls are too bare. Nowhere to conceal a secret door. And the same applies to the dressing room. There's got to be somewhere you can hide the entrance in a perfectly natural manner. The library! The library. I can never resist other people's bookshelves. They tell you so much about a man. <laughs> Not sure what these are telling you about Mark. Yeah, it's certainly a mixed bunch, isn't it? Something for everyone, arranged by subject. Yeah, it's just like Mark. Meticulous. Which was your particular fancy, Bill? Sport. And bound copies of Punch. What about uh, books on travel? Uh, they're pretty dull, as a rule. Well, some people like them very much, so we'll move on from there. We'll have to take down every blessed book. <sighs> Drama. Shaw Wilde Robertson. I like reading plays, Bill. No doubt you prefer to watch Miss Norris in action. Steady on. <laughs> Shouldn't we get started? Look behind the books. We don't need to look behind any books people might actually take off the shelf and read. We're looking for books so indescribably dull they'll be left quite undisturbed. And I think we have it. What? Sermons as I live. Sermons. Well, Mark's father was a vicar. Of course. And these must be father's books. Half Hours with the Infinite. Hmm, I must order that from the library when I get back. Uh, the Epistles of St. Paul Explained. Hello. What is it? The Narrow Way, being sermons by the Rev. Theodore Usher. Put the Reverend on the table, will you? I wish you wouldn't be quite so like Holmes. All will be revealed. Oh, yes. Damn clever. Now, grasp the shelf... And when I say pull, pull very gradually. Got that? This is the place. This is, I think, the very place. Pull. Good Lord. How on earth did you know? You don't really want it explained. You're just being Watsonish. No, but really, Tony. How did you know that the lever was behind the Reverend Usher? Well, he had to mark the place with some book. What better than the narrow way? I thought the joke might appeal to him. And when I took the book out, no dust. It's obviously been moved fairly recently. You're a clever devil, Tony. Don't flatter me, Bill. I'm unbearable enough as it is. Uh, hand over the torch. You're going first. I'm going alone. But I thought that I... Just to make sure that when the door's closed, I can open it from inside the passage. If I can't, you'll have to open it from this end. I promise not to explore. All right. Swing the door shut when I'm safely down in the passage. Will do. Right you are, old man. What a dark, dank dungeon. But is it your dungeon, Mark? Elsie! Elsie! Good God. Back you go, Reverend. Ah, you seen Elsie? No, no. Uh, have they finished already? Who? Finished what? Dragging the pond. The police. No, no, I left them to it. Where's well, good? Tony, he's, um, he, he, he's, he's, he's about somewhere. We're just going down to the village presently. I'm just, uh, waiting for him. Uh, if you're going to the village, you might take a letter to Miss Snorbury, for me. I can't really leave while the inspector's here. I'd often see you in the library. Uh, just, uh, looking up a quotation. Which one? I might know it. 
Water. Yes, water. Water uh, everywhere and not a drop to drink. Can't remember the chap who wrote it. Coleridge, ancient mariner. Hmm. Surprised Billingham didn't know that. Here we are. Nor any drop to drink. No, well, Tony was right, I am a bob. Ah, uh, mind if I smoke? Of course not. Damn pipe. Always bunged up with ash. Dash dot, dash dot. Morse. Not SOS. Clever devil. Well, could you not do that? You're making a terrible mess. I'm sorry. I didn't realise. There's something I don't quite get about this whole affair, Cayley. What? This business of Mark getting away after the shooting. What about it? There's something not very clear. You wouldn't come into the office, would you? I can show you what I mean. I suppose so. I really must get on. A hundred and one things to deal with. Well, it just struck me as odd. But what did? The French windows. What about them? Why didn't Mark go out through the French windows? I'd have thought Gillingham explained that to you. The grounds are too open. He would have been seen by anyone from the house if he'd tried to run straight across the lawn. You cannot leave by the French. Tony! Finish with the pond, have they, Kayleigh? No, they haven't. Look, I really must get down to some work. If you could just take this letter on your way to the village. The village? Uh, Kayleigh wondered if we could play postman for him as we're going into the village. Oh, yes, of course. It's just a note to Angela Norbury. No trouble at all. Well, I'll see you both later, then. Tony, I thought he must find us out. Thanks for your tapping. I knew you'd catch on. Just remembered my morse. See for Kayleigh. I take it you didn't find Mark down there? No, but there's a cupboard set in the wall. It was locked. I called through, pretending to be Cayley, and Mark didn't answer. So he's not down there? He didn't answer, anyway. I thought you said Mark was pursuing Miss Norbury. He is. Was. Then he has a rival. What do you mean? Didn't you see the look on Cayley's face when he mentioned her name? He's besotted. I wouldn't have thought he was the sort. We're all the sort, given the right person. The cottage is over there. And is that the daughter, by any chance? Where? Ah, yes. She's beautiful. Attractive enough, I suppose. Oh, not up to Ruth's standards, I'm sure. But the sort of girl men would quarrel over. And there's her mother, just turning in at the gate. You're there? What do you want? <laughs> I fancy I have met Mrs. Norbury before. It was on the train. I didn't endear myself to her, I'm afraid. Uh, she didn't look very pleased when you gave Angela the letter. No, I don't suppose she approves of Cayley. Not the man for her daughter at all. At least now we know Cayley had a reason to hate Mark. Hate? Isn't that a bit strong? If Mark was a rival. Bill, we know Cayley's perjuring himself, risking his freedom over this business. That must be for one of two reasons. Either to save Mark or to damn him. He was either wholeheartedly for Mark or wholeheartedly against him. Well, now we know he's against him. But one doesn't necessarily try to ruin one's rival in love. But you wouldn't perjure yourself to help him escape. But then what is he up to? I think we'll find out tonight. In the pond, you mean? Yes. What do you think Cayley's going to put in there? The body of Mark Ablett. <coughs> Good God! Are you all right? No. 
You think Mark's dead? I think he has been since this all started. You mean in a moment of remorse he shot himself? No. Cayley killed him. Cayley? Hang on. There's a fatal flaw in your argument, Holmes. Elsie saw Mark last night. Elsie saw someone. I don't think it was Mark. So you think Cayley killed Mark and Robert? Sounds damn cold-blooded, doesn't it? It certainly does. But supposing he had to? There was a quarrel over the girl they both wanted. Cayley killed Mark in a sudden, jealous passion. What can he do? Then he remembers Robert's due that morning. If he could make it look as if Robert killed Mark. No, impossible. Robert would deny it. Too much of a risk. But what if he could make it seem as if Mark had killed Robert? then run away. But Elsie heard Mark and Robert together in the office. Mark must have been alive then. Not if Cayley was in there instead of him. He, he could have imitated Mark's voice. Thin. Very thin. And do you really believe Cayley could be so cold-blooded to kill two men, one of them he had no quarrel with at all? I simply don't believe it. I hope you're right. But I think we'll find out tonight. getting damn chilly. It won't be long. It's well past midnight. He must think we're soundly asleep by now. My arm is asleep. Then move it, you ass. I'm terrified of Kay seeing us. He won't come along here. He'll make one last use of the passage and bring the body up that way. And dump it right in the middle of the pond. And when the coast's clear, Bill Beverly will perform his famous diving act. I say, really. Beastly dirty water, you know. Hush, William. Here he comes. And he's not empty-handed. All right, Bill. Give him time to get back down the passage. And then we'll recover his burden. We. Oui. What's it like? Cold. Try a little to your left. Anything? Nothing. Oh, come on, old chap, make an effort. It's all very well for you. One more go. We've got to find something. Bill, where are you? I've got it, Tony. I've got it. Give me a hand. God, it's damn heavy. Get it on to dry land. Can't undo the knot. Mind your hands, I'll cut through the canvas. What's in there? Shine the torch over here. What's there? What have we found? A lot of rocks and clothes. <laughs> work for a bag of clothes? It doesn't make sense, they're just clothes. Let's see. Suit Mark was wearing yesterday. But why throw a suit of clothes in the pond? The police knew Mark was wearing a brown suit. Cayley gave him a different suit to escape in, and then, uh, and then he'd have these clothes on his hands. The pond was a good way to hide them. Yes. There's only one body, Roberts. Now, can we get back before I catch pneumonia? Hang on. What did you say? Pneumonia. I'm absolutely. No, before that. There's only one body. Let's go through Cayley's actions after the shooting when I was with him. Stay with me a little longer. There's a good Watson. My neck's on the line, and I would like to solve this before the good inspector does for me. Of course, Tony, but 
Give me a blanket, that's a good chap. There you are. And uh, yeah, there's some brandy in the flask. Now, let me try and see it. We find the body, Kayleigh turns it over, is apparently relieved it doesn't work. But we know now that that was play acting. He knew just what he'd find. He suggests getting water to wash the face. He bathes Robert's face, then covers it. Again, that seemed natural at the time. He didn't want to look at the dead man's face. Understandable. Or was there something about Robert's face he didn't want me to notice? Well, what on earth could that be? Hang on, Bill. Let me picture Robert. Scruffy clothes, unpolished shoes, dirt under the fingernails. I, I noticed that because his hands were, were oddly soft. Not the hands of a working man at all. But his face. Clean wound through the forehead. Steady on. This is going to get unpleasant. Isn't it unpleasant already? Eyes closed. Cayley must have closed them. Nose, nothing exceptional. Clean shaven. Good God. What? Scruffy, dirty fingernails, clothing none too clean. All you'd expect from someone who'd worked his passage over. But no bristle on his face. He was meticulously shaved. I've been a fool, Bill, and you were right. Me? There is only Robert's body. That's what you said, and you were right. Well, almost right. D did Mark have a dentist? Dentist? Tell me he did, old man. Please, tell me he did. Well, as a matter of fact, he did. We, we go to the same man, Cartwright, of Wimpole Street. Mark recommended him to me. Very good he is, too. Bill, would you help me tomorrow? Help me trap a murderer? Well, it's almost over, isn't it, Kelly? What do you mean? Inquest, tomorrow. Mark will be named as the murderer. I still say it was an accident. And, of course, they'll never find Mark. Can't be sure of that. Oh, I'm perfectly sure. Really? Well, perhaps I have more faith in Inspector Birch. Ow! Damn tooth! I, I keep telling you, you must go to the dentist. Who is he again? Cartwright, Wimpole Street. That's Mark's dentist, isn't it, Kelly? Yes. It's a strange fact about teeth. They're all different. Dentists can tell who you are from your teeth alone. Incredible. But true, Bill. You can be horribly burnt. You can be quite unrecognizable. You can pretend to be someone else. But your teeth will always give you away. You know, don't you? That the body we found in the office was Mark's that there never was a Robert. Oh, there was a Robert, all right. As nasty a piece of work as his brother. But he died years ago. I take it you've locked the door? Just in case you made a sudden dash for it. You must understand, Mark deserved it. Does any man deserve to be killed? He did. How can you say that? Oh, you didn't know him. You only saw the man he wanted you to see. When did it begin, this hate? I don't know. It's always been there. Fifteen years ago, perhaps, I, I was a boy of thirteen, and Mark was oh, about twenty-five. His whole life was make-believe, and just then he was pretending to be a philanthropist. He sat in our little drawing room, flicking his gloves against the back of his hand, and my mother thought what a noble young gentleman he was, and Matthew and I Matthew was my brother. Yes, I know. We stood in front of Mark, waiting for him to choose. He'd decided to adopt one of us, kind cousin Mark. 
Heaven knows why he chose me, but he did, God help me. He educated me, and I became his secretary, financial advisor, and most of all, his audience. There must always be someone to listen to him, someone grateful enough to laugh at his jokes, admire his writing, be his Boswell. But you'd lived this life for so long. What suddenly changed? Three years ago, Matthew got into trouble. Mm. I had a frantic letter from him one day saying he must have a hundred pounds at once or he'd be ruined. I went to Mark for the money, only to borrow it. I could have paid it back in three months, but he refused. I begged. We argued, but no. Matthew was arrested. Embezzlement. It killed my mother. Killed Matthew, too. He hanged himself in prison. But Mark, as usual, got his satisfaction out of it. Preened himself on his good judgment all those years ago, choosing me instead of Matthew. Can you imagine how guilty I felt? But that was three years ago. Why kill him now? I couldn't let him destroy another human being. Not her. Angela Norbury. You understand. Hmm. I've never seen him moved by any generous emotion. To have lived with that shriveled little soul would have been hell for Angela. I couldn't let it happen. And I thought up this wonderful plan. If I could make everyone believe he hadn't been killed, but had murdered someone else and run away. But how on earth did you get him to pretend to be Robert? Oh, easily. Mark was a great, cruel, practical joker. Like all practical jokers, he hated it when the joke was on him. And that's where Ruth was so useful. Don't bring Ruth into this. She didn't know anything. I persuaded her. She knew about the passage. Mark had shut her in there years ago. The sort of sadistic game he liked. Well, <laughs> she got her own back. But the passage was always a secret, something you didn't talk about to outsiders. And that's why you bundled her away afterwards? It would have been very inconvenient if she'd mentioned the passage. After she'd appeared as the ghost, I subtly let Mark believe she'd made an utter fool of him. He got quite furious, determined to pay her back. What better way than at her own game? Acting. Pretend to be his brother. Oh. Embarrass her by asking her for money. Even make a pass. I say. Oh, don't worry. I knew it wasn't going to happen. He'd be dead by the time she came back from her game of golf. She'd never meet Robert. Being Mark, he was determined to play his part perfectly. See, I'd wondered how to get him to shave off his beard and moustache, but he suggested it. Said he wanted a new look. Apparently, Angela didn't like beards. When he said that, I knew there was no going back. But Elsie heard two men in the office. Yes. That was a happy accident. Mark was pretending to be Robert, practicing his accent, little private performance for my edification. Oh. Then, in his natural voice, gloating over his plan for Ruth, he said, it's my turn now, you wait. And that's what Elsie heard. It was the luckiest thing which could have happened. Evidence other than mine that Mark and Robert were in the room together. And then you shot him. Yes. And then I went back into the library, waited a moment, and rushed to the locked office door. And if you hadn't turned up, it would have all gone so smoothly. You damn cold-blooded... What about Elsie seeing Mark later? Me again. I'd been trying to find the right moment all day. I didn't have to say anything. Her imagination did all the work. It's strange. 
I've been rather lonely without Mark. Are you going to call the police now? Yes, but uh, perhaps you'd like to tidy yourself up first. You can't let him go. It's all right, Bill. I won't be going far. But Tony, he'll run away. What to? There's nothing for him now. No Angela, nowhere to go. But he's up to something. You forget. He's still got the revolver. 